Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Grad-Centric Podcast. We're going to continue this discussion of success in college. And that leads us to the topic of living on campus. Why would you do it and why would you potentially not live on campus? Well, why you would do it is because living on campus actually gets you more involved in the campus life, the campus environment. So you're closer to your advisors, to your friends, to your classes, to your professors, to the Career Services Center, to the Writing Center, all the resources and good things that come with living on campus. Uh, when you're closer to those things, you tend to be more involved in that environment. And student success research shows a pretty clear link between student involvement and success. In other words, the students that are more involved on campus are the ones that tend to get better grades, that tend to graduate on time, that have better outcomes. So you would wanna live on campus if your main concern is getting your degree, getting the outcomes that you want. In my opinion, living on campus is a really good thing. Why would you not wanna live on campus? Well, we've been talking about this pretty frequently throughout each of our episodes. If you wanna spend as little money as possible uh, on your college degree, the number two driver of college cost today tends to be living on campus. So if you're really cutting cost, then living on campus is a great place to cut cost uh, by doing something non-traditional or maybe just cutting your expenses in the category of living on campus, whatever that looks like. So you're maybe living off campus, maybe you're going with a cheaper meal plan or a lower tier residence hall, whatever that looks like. That's a good place to really look at your expenses and to see if you can harvest some savings. Uh, another question that I get when it comes to living on campus is when should I confirm my housing arrangements? Well, here's what I would say. It has to fit in the timeline of when you get admitted to a school and when you get your financial aid and when you actually select a school. But if you're to the point where you've, actually, where you've selected a school, you know where you wanna go, at that point, I would say, really look into housing and start to confirm pretty quickly. Why is that the case? Because every moment that you wait in this process, you're running the risk of losing out on the opportunity to live where you want to. And that opportunity may be you're looking for a lower tier residence hall that doesn't cost as much so that you can save some money, or it might be an opportunity that you miss out on. So maybe it's a learning living community or an athletic dorm or some type of honors college dorm, whatever that looks like. You may miss out on it if you wait because those residence halls can fill up and you may be in a situation where uh, you can no longer get that opportunity. So I would say sooner rather than later, look into those opportunities and confirm, put a deposit down, whatever that looks like, sign the contract uh, such that you can get the opportunities that you want. Finally, a lot of people ask, hey, what do I need to bring to the residence hall? And I say from a 30,000 foot view, it depends on probably how far you live from the campus. So this can be a different scenario for someone that lives in the Midwest and is going to school in the Midwest versus if you live in the Midwest and you're sending your kid off to the coast. So for the, the family that is sending their kid, kid off to live on campus, but they're still close, let's say maybe an hour away, 30 minutes away, two hours away, three hours away, in that case, the students can have opportunities likely to come home, to reconnect with family, to reconnect with friends. They can pick up something that you didn't take. And so you don't have to stress as much about what you're taking. And I would say actually probably take less rather than taking more. And if you get to the residence hall, it's, it's pretty common for families to go out and buy something at Walmart or Target that they potentially forgot. 
If you're sending your kid out to the coast, well, then you have to be a little more cognizant because they may not be able to just jump on a plane home to pick something up. Uh, so be cognizant of, of what you bring, make sure you're being thorough, but then also you don't, you don't wanna take too much uh, when you're going to the coast because there's just the general cost of actually transporting it all that way or mailing it all that way. So I would say put more of an emphasis on potentially buying new when you get to the coast, because it may actually cost less for you just to purchase it there than it is to transport an old version of whatever you're bringing all the way across the country. Uh, and this is particularly important when we're talking about flying because then you're really limited in terms of what you can bring. So less is more, you can always uh, figure it out. And then keep in mind too, that if your student's going back for a second, a third, a fourth year to live on campus, they can always bring it next year. Chances are it's not a necessity. Now, if you're actually looking for a packing list, I have uh, put a basic list on my website and a blog post that talks about these topics, gradmetrics.com. You can also generally, and in most cases, uh, look at your school's residence hall webpage and they'll have a packing list for you. And if all else fails, just Google dorm uh, packing list and you'll find many resources out there. So hopefully this has given you some clarity when it comes to living on campus. And I look forward to continuing this topic of, of success in college as we move forward to additional episodes. We'll see you then.